Hey there, thoughtful listener. This is Josh Elledge, CEO of UpMyInfluence.com. I'm so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. We're also actively seeking guests for our daily commercial-free entrepreneurial inspiration podcast, the one you're listening to. If you know someone who is doing six to eight figures in business, send them our way. Just go to upmyinfluence.com slash guest. Now let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Mike Smirklow. Mike, you are the co-founder and managing director of Next Coast Ventures, and you're the author of the book, Mr. Monkey and Me. Mike, you're found on the web at mikesmirklow.com. If you need help with that spelling, just click on the little show notes icon or the I or whatever, and we got it all linked up right there. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. Excited to be here. Well, Mike, you've had some, you've had a pretty successful run uh, in business. You've done all right for yourself, sir. Uh, do you mind uh, maybe just giving us an overview of, of your work and, and kind of what you do today? Yeah, so um, very quickly, I'm first person in my family to ever go to college. Grew up in Toledo, Ohio. For those of you from Ohio, we'll uh, give a shout out there. But, um, you know, worked my way through various entrepreneurial careers, ran a company for a long time in the Bay Area. And now I live in Austin, Texas, and I'm the co-founder managing director of a venture capital firm called Next Coast Ventures. Yeah. Raised, uh, coming from Toledo, did you go to the Toledo, was it the Gold Digger? I remember, so I went from Kal- Kalamazoo, and All so right. we would watch when the Gold Diggers would come over to Kalamazoo Wings. I think there was a bit of a rivalry there. There was always a lot of fights. <laughs> yeah, man, that, that's good old-fashioned hockey. I mean, any any city that's known for the Toledo Gold Diggers and the Toledo Mud Hens, kind of, yeah. you know, that's the baseball team. You know right away what you're getting into when you get to Toledo. Uh, so, um, explain your, uh, you know, obviously kind of just gave us a, a very quick, uh, brief overview. Um, but would you mind maybe just kind of breaking down, um, your kind of your entrepreneurial journey just a little bit more so we can get, a, uh, especially, you know, again, your, 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 some of your bigger claims to fame here. Yeah. So, I mean, it's interesting. I, I actually started off my career and I wrote this book, Mr. Monkey Me, to talk about what I learned, but I basically, Early on in my career, I just wanted to make some money. I came from a very uh, impoverished background, so I wanted to get out. I started off doing uh, two jobs I hated. I was a CPA and then an investment banker. Learned a lot, but hated it. Went to business school at Northwestern. And then I moved out to Silicon Valley in the late 90s because I wanted to be part of what was going on there. Um, I got very fortunate. I got recruited by a guy named Mark Andreessen, now much more uh, famous, but he basically started Netscape, the first internet browser, sold it to AOL for $10 billion, and then started another company. And I got to go be one of the first non-founders of that company and work at it from foundation of the idea all the way through IPO. Uh, Then I quit to go do my own gig. Uh, I ended up buying a company called Service Source in San Francisco. When I bought it, it was 30 employees, a couple million in revenue. And for the next 13 years, I took it from there uh, with a great team all the way through a publicly traded company, uh, at one point worth uh, almost a couple billion dollars. So I got to see scale. I got to, it was a very, it was a great return for myself and for our investors. And by the time I retired, it was almost 3,000 employees. So I really got to see this amazing journey of what it takes to take something from a small idea all the way through uh, a publicly traded company. And now at Nexcos, we've invested in over uh, 60 different companies, about $500 million of invested capital. 
So I get to now see on the other side back to helping entrepreneurs as they take their concepts all the way through really exciting companies and, and trying to add some advice along the way. Yeah. What sorts of companies is uh, Next Coast particularly interested? Do you, do you aim for certain industries or certain stages? What, what's what's kind of like a, an, an ace uh, for yeah. Next Coast? We're, we're investing in technology companies, usually in, in, in consumer or enterprise software. Uh, so consumer internet. For us, the early stage typically is when they've got some form of product market fit. So usually they're just getting going. They've got some customer traction but they're really looking to scale the business. Uh, everyone at Next Coast who's an investor has been an operator. We've all done the job. Wow. So we try and bring some operating experience, but really trying to get just when companies are starting to get some traction, but they need to scale all parts of the organization, whether it be go-to-market, leadership, recruiting great executives, all that aspect that, uh, you know, easy to talk about, but hard to do. That's when we like to get involved in role of our sleeves. Yeah. Um, you know, there's obviously an advantage, um, you know, when you're working with uh, an investor who's been there, done that, as opposed to just, you know, a bean counter, <laughs> which the bean <laughs> counters are very, you know, we need them. Yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, that I think that that's, you know, again, my my assumption is that that would put Next Coast in kind of a unique pers- uh position, um, you know, if there's a company that is really hot and they're like, well, you know, the advantage to working with Next Coast is, you yeah, know, I mean, again, it, it, exactly. kind of that grit, I mean, maybe. It's the grit. It's the have done the job. I mean, everybody here, the great thing, and this is why I wrote this book about entrepreneurship, is it's one of those things that gets really celebrated in our capitalist environment. And it should because it creates jobs it creates innovation it disrupts industries. It's really exciting, but at times can be glamorized in a dangerous way, in my humble mm. opinion. And so what we try and do at Next Coast is bring the operating experience. We've all laid awake at three in the morning wondering how we're going to make payroll. We've all had to fire employees. We've all looked at it and said, oh, my gosh, we've lost customers. We've done the job. And so I think we bring practical experience as to how to build a company. But we also bring some emotional empathy, which may be as important or more important to say we understand what the entrepreneur is going through. And so we're going to be there and try and help the entrepreneur do their job a little bit better. Uh, every day. And I think that's the aspect where great entrepreneurs have been really attracted to what we do. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of females too uh, featured on the front page here of, uh, you know, folks that are either within the organization or uh, female led companies that you've been able to work with. Yeah. We've got, I think 30% of our entrepreneurs are female and that is dramatically above the industry average, but I tell you, it's interesting. We have not set out to say we are going to make that a priority. What we have said is we're going to look for the best entrepreneurs in the world. We're going to bring this operating experience and the gravitational pull has really brought us just some exceptional entrepreneurs. And and we're proud of the fact that for us, it's a big push about working with the best and the brightest. Your book, Mr. Monkey and Me, in subtitles, a real survival guide for entrepreneurs. Who's Mr. Monkey? Well, Mr. Monkey's the star of the book. My joke is my when I told my friends I was writing a book about entrepreneurship, they said, "Well, hopefully it's not about your career because that's going to be like a you know a two page blog post." I mean, I had a good career, but that's not it's not a Mike Smirkle memoir. That would be a very short book. Mm-hmm. Mr. Monkey is the star of the book. What I really tried to capture, uh, I talked to a lot of great entrepreneurs when I was writing the book and said, "What were the um, what are the strong the biggest mental attributes that you had to develop to be successful?" And I aggregated that. And then I really started to think, and I saw it myself and others, is there's this counter, there's a voice in your head 
in everybody's head trying to tell you that you can't be successful. It manifests itself differently. For me, it showed up as fear, uncertainty, and doubt. For some people, it may be um, uh, avoiding tough decisions or putting off challenging things. But to me, the monkey, Mr. Monkey, is the voice that I had to fight through. I think every entrepreneur has to fight through. So the book is all about how do you get this beast, this big, hairy beast, to quiet, to be calm, and not let him or her, he's gender neutral, um, disrupt your dreams. And that's what the book's all about. Yeah. Um, you know, one thing I would imagine, you know, I'm kind of, uh, you have a quiz, by the way, Mike, on your website, mikesmirklow.com. Um, you know, one of the first questions that you ask in that quiz is, you know, just awareness of, of who we are, right? So what are your um, superpowers and are we very keenly aware of <laughs> what our superpowers are not, uh, yeah. and, and that honesty, right? So I think it, it it might be tempting for you know someone who's meeting in front of an investor um, to to acknowledge, say, this is absolutely a weakness of our leadership team right now, or this is a weakness here, and that's what we're really interested. I mean, I don't know. Should you be transparent in that kind of meeting to that extent where you acknowledge, you know, here, I'm, listen, I'm just going to, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not good at that. Well, well here's what I would say, Josh. I mean, he, the funny thing for me is I don't know anybody. I've been looking for, you know, I'm a little bit old in my lab. Like, I've not found anybody who's good at everything. Have you? Have you found anybody who's yeah, good no, at everything? Please. Right? Right? So, so well, and, and the second part is, is there's an old adage that it's much easier to play to your strengths than overcome your weaknesses. Mm. And so if you take those two things in context, I, I've invested in multiple companies. I've sent multiple boards. I've yet to find the perfect entrepreneur. But what I have found is the really great entrepreneurs are aware of what they're good at. And they've gotten it, not, not what your mom or your significant other tells you good at, what you've actually got verifiable proof that you're good at, right? It's like the old adage, everyone thinks they're a good driver, but we still have accidents. So what are you actually good at? And then can you align your time and effort towards what you're good at? And then equally important, hire and get help for where you're not good at. And that becomes, it all based on self-awareness. So in my case, I love to sell. I love to market. I love to meet customers. Not so good on the process. So my, <laughs> as an entrepreneur, the key for me as we started to scale was get people around me that embrace process, that loved it, that wanted to do the details so that I could go out and spend time with customers and employees and prospects. That type of self-awareness, again, sounds pretty easy. It starts with like understanding yourself, what are your strengths? And then how do you build out your team or your day to play to your strengths and accommodate for your weaknesses? Mike, can you talk about the role of humility as a leader? And not necessarily humility, but just, you know, coachability, right? Where we're always open. Um, and, you know, because it is tempting to say, you know, gosh darn it, I'm the CEO. I, I you know, I launched and started this thing. Um and and I think that's that can that can be it's helpful, but it can be dangerous. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I wrote, and again, this book is about the mental toughness of, of entrepreneurship. And I found myself early on, I suffered from the imposter syndrome. I'm CEO. I'm, I tell the story in the book about where I had a situation where when I was early on, I didn't like to tell people I didn't know the answer. I'm like, you know, like you said, I'm the CEO. I, I know everything. I'm supposed to know everything. I'm supposed to act like I'm always informed. And when I finally learned to say, I don't know, 
And I remember it. And like mm. Mr. Monkey, the voice is like jumping up and down. Like, what did you just say? Did you just say you don't know? Mm. But then I watch my team go, oh, huh. The vulnerability, the openness, the, the, the expansiveness of the thinking then suddenly was available. And I just think that it is really the key to success. We look at entrepreneurs every day. Look at a thousand companies every day, every year, invest in three or four. I would say we look at ideas and concepts, but more is, is the entrepreneur passionate about what she wants to do, but is she also open-minded and going to listen and take feedback? So that's, that's the part where I think is it relates to entrepreneurship leadership. Again, really hard to do, really easy to think about, but hard to do. Yeah. And, you know, and the same thing, I think, uh, you know, again, seeking out mentors, right, is is something that, you know, we, we want to be open to, like, we just had a meeting, you know, with all of our account managers. And I'm like, you know, guys, I just have to remind you, you're in the trenches, you're the eyes and the ears, you're communicating with our clients on a daily basis, you hear what I'm not able to hear. Um, and so when we start hearing feedback, where there's an opportunity for us to improve our processes, if if you don't share that with me, then we can't fix it. And then that ultimately is not good for anybody. You know, that sort of humility, I think is really important. And then as well, um, there's so much value from, you know, constantly seeking out fresh eyes uh, who can look at things objectively. Um, yeah. I was just talking with someone yesterday who was kind of ripping apart one of my <laughs> marketing pages. And I'm like, you know what, I, you know, not everything you're saying, I agree with, you know, because I have, a, you know, some perspective about, you know, who our audience is that, but I tell you what, <laughs> about 80, 90% of what you're saying, oh, I am so on board. And, you know, I was completely blind to it. And, and it's so easy to just, you know, we're in the thing and we're way too connected to it. And we're just, it, you know, we, we lose that objectivity of what, you know, our customers are, you know, audiences, what they see. Uh, and um, we be, we do truly become detached, but, but, you know, seeking out experts who are, and, and mentors who are maybe a little bit, you know, they've been down, they, they've looked at a lot of things like ours hundreds of times. Yep. So they've, yep. they, they start to see those patterns that I think is really important as well. Oh, it's critical. I mean, I, I say this thing all the time, which is everything you're trying to do, like, this is a weird idea. Everything you're trying to do, someone somewhere in history has already done yeah. it. Yep. And so when you kind of think about that, it can be a little bit negative, but it can be really positive. Like, wow. So your job as a, as a leader, as an entrepreneur, is to seek them out. And I remember I, I tell this story in the book. I had this, I had great access to a guy named Bill Campbell. He's a legendary. There's a book called Trillion Dollar Coach. It's been written about him. He coached Steve Jobs. He coached the founders of Google and Twitter. Just a legendary guy. And I had access to him. I was fortunate. And I remember early on in my entrepreneurial career, exhausted. Try, I, I list, literally fired my fourth head of sales. And I knew that if I didn't get the next one right, I was going to be the one removed. And so I went and see, saw Bill on this very point you're talking about. Bill's this great coach or rusty voice. And I sit down and have a beer with him. He's like, Spurt Glow, you look like blank. Crap is the word we'll drop in. And I said, you know, <laughs> I, I'm exhausted, right? I don't know what I'm doing. And he looked at me and just like you just said, he said, who's giving you advice? Who's your coach? I said, Bill, I don't have time for a coach. I just told you, I'm like, I'm already at fired. I can't fire ahead of sales. Like, what are you talking about? And, you know, clear as day, he said, Tiger Woods has a coach. Steve Jobs has a coach. And coach meaning just like getting input. He's like, why the heck does Mike Smirklow not getting advice? 
And those kind of things really crystallize one of the formulas in the book around help, but it, it is so critical. Like, are you getting advice and help? And your second point that you're raising too is, are you getting outside of your own head and seeing the world from other people's perspective, whether people on your team, industry experts, so that you can continue to make best decisions. And it's really doggone hard because when you're in the heat of it, you're like, I don't have time. Like your point, like, I don't have time. I got all this stuff I'm dealing with. But that perspective is absolutely invaluable. Yeah. Um, Mike, who is Next Coast Ventures looking for right now? Are they, you know, in terms of like, oh, you know, we always want to hear from people like X. What 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 would be a, a great connection? Well, for us, I mean, so the, the simplest point is our job is like I can tell you all these great things, these themes we focus on at the end of the day. We fundamentally are dependent, if you will, on the next generation of entrepreneurs. So in terms of connection points, we are looking and I, I laugh about this, you know, people think my job is like Shark Tank, right? Just sit there and all day long, I'm thumbs up, thumbs down. Absolutely not. I'm actually desperately seeking amazing entrepreneurs that are going to come forward with the next visionary idea. And so you, you can go to our site at, at nextcoastventures.com. We've got all our themes there. But you know, to your real question, we are always looking for the next generation of entrepreneur who's got a disruptive idea, who's passionate about building something. In a big market, um, that is what our, you know, Kimberly, that's our oxygen as it relates to venture capital. Yeah. And then, um, and again, I think you'd mentioned, but, um, you know, specifically, you know, are there, uh, you know, you know, for someone who's like, okay, wow, that's great. Well, I'd, I mean, I'd love to, you know, have you take a look at what we're doing, um, you know, in terms of like who, who would be ready and who might not be ready or who might not be a good fit. Yeah, so it's a great question. I mean, in, in, unfortunately, the hardest part of my job is I do say no most of the time. I mean, sure. it's, it's hard, right? But but we're looking for early stage companies, meaning usually typically in venture language Series A, Series B, um, that's got some product market fit. We're looking for uh, consumer internet or enterprise software. So we do focus on technology. So not fit would be if you've got a great beverage company or something like that, that that's just not what we do. So we do look for technology companies. And we invest in companies in what we call the next coast markets, which would be outside of the coast. So we spend a lot of time, we're in Austin, Texas, but we do central uh, central and southern Florida, Chicago, Salt Lake City, Austin, Texas markets that are less um, center of the fairway, if you will, for venture yeah. capital, because we find a, a different entrepreneurial mindset that we really, really love candidly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can see that. I can. Wait, do you mind? It's really cool. What is that? I mean, and it's, I, I think it's funny because, you know, we started off talking about the fact that you're from Toledo, you know, which is just yeah. a, a great Midwest town, right? With hardworking people, um, you know, certainly a sense of scrappiness and frugality. I think if I were to stereotype, you know, yeah. folks from the Midwest, which I'm from, you know, like I said, I'm from Mass, West Michigan, Um you know, the, the, there's there's certainly some personality types that I tend to see from folks from some of those, you know, working class, uh, you know, kind of Rust Belt kind of towns. Um, yeah, and and, think, and that can be attract that can be very attractive. I think it, I think there's that aspect of it, which is absolutely right. I think the other thing, too, is when you're working in these you know, less prevalent markets and Austin's had a great run and continues yeah. to be super area to invest. But but you tend to be a little more capital efficient. And that's what we also like as well. The abundance of the capital, the bulk of venture capital, as it should, I live there, I love Silicon Valley, still going to go to Silicon Valley, New York, 
Boston areas. You know, so that's where the bulk of the capital goes. But that also means a lot more money flowing in and tends to be less capital efficient businesses. So we like these businesses because the entrepreneur has to, from almost from day one, be a little more thoughtful about how they spend money. Um, therefore, they own a bigger chunk of the business and we can play for a bit different outcome. Um, yeah, I think there's something, there's something about that, that Midwestern roots as well. Yeah. Mike, at your website, mikesmirklow.com, uh, there's a link where you can go and uh, had some great reviews for Mr. Monkey and Me, which is and that's on Amazon as well. Um, but when folks go to mikesmirklow.com, what would you recommend they do there? Yeah, well, so, so first of all, I got to get this in. All proceeds of the book go to charity. So I wrote this book. So every dollar, if you do buy the book, which, I, which I'm thrilled that people are excited about, every dollar goes for a scholarship set up for folks, uh, for students who are from diverse and underrepresented backgrounds interested in entrepreneurship. So there's my shameless plug for Mr. Monkey. <laughs> but at the website, what I do is uh, my passion is writing about this, the mental side of it. There's a quiz you can take to help you think about whether or not you're ready to be an entrepreneur. Uh, there's also some robust content all around this whole topic around um mental aspect of entrepreneurship, what you can learn, things that I've learned along the way, and lessons that others have shared with me. Yeah, fantastic. Mike, thank you so much for joining us again. Your website, mikesmirklow.com. And then, uh, of course, nextcoastventures.com. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Josh. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for listening to The Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, we have an audience of over 120,000 that we would love to promote your story to. Please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. I'm also so excited to announce our new Thoughtful Entrepreneur High Ticket Sales Coaching Program, which you can try absolutely free. No credit card needed. Head to upmyinfluence.com slash free. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you do that, tag us with the hashtag upmyinfluence. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We pick one winner from each platform, and you get crowned king or queen of that social media. What do you win? Well, we will promote you and retweet you and reshare re you and your business to over 120,000 social media fans totally free. Can you also hook us up in your podcast player right now? please give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. And we promise to read it all and take action. Thank you if you've done this already. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, please hit that subscribe button. You know why? Tomorrow, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. 15 to 20 minutes a day. My name's Josh Elledge. Let's connect on the socials. You'll find all the stuff we're doing at upmyinfluence.com. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.